friendly. He's special and rare, just like the Norway. What does he do? Where does he dwell? He's the magical show sponsor. At the library, everything's all quiet there. Everyone was totally quiet at the library, Solaris. I had to escape and go to Starbucks where I can just be myself. Yeah, the library is a, a little tough. <laughs> it's tough. Sometimes I'm to just talk like, about this kind of stuff where there's nobody talking. Yeah. Yeah. And just like literally it's like dead. And I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't. I can't. I just want to be able to say penises and vaginas inserted into orifices of your choices that doesn't rhyme does it orifices of your choices i mean it doesn't exactly rhyme but it works hey rap is all about near rhymes correct all, yeah. or your choices of orifices <laughs> that totally <laughs> does not work <laughs> but fuck it i'm outside we're ready to do this. God damn it, Solaris. Let's start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. And welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the ever-adapting human mind. Recording on Zencaster from thousands of miles apart, I am Solaris. And I am Count Boogie. And our thousand, you're actually the closest person. I guess Enigma is slightly closer. I'm not even dozens of miles apart. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> 10 miles apart. <laughs> Five. Which was funny because for the Perverted Podcast listeners, Solaris the other day said, well, you know, I could just come to the library and I'm like, well, we don't have the equipment. We would still have to sit in other rooms so we could record on freaking Zencaster. So even if we wanted to be together without all the equipment set up the correct way, we would still have to kind of be in separate rooms <laughs> on Zencaster. So we're just going to keep doing this until the Love Lab, Solaris. It's in sight. I don't know where that site is, but I know that a love lab is in sight because I know I'm moving forward because I quit my radio job yesterday. You did? Why'd you quit your radio job? Well, you know, first off, I'll spare a lot of the blah, blah, blah. But I think this is a good example for me and for the perverted podcast listeners because we talk a lot about not burning bridges and looking ahead and seeing the bigger picture. And a lot of the stuff that you and I talk about on perverted podcasts and even some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, which I'm very excited about your post, you know, looking at the bigger picture and trying to be a little more mature in a situation avoids burning bridges. I allowed myself to leave more gracefully. You know, I'm friends with the guy that runs the station. I know they're all under a lot of stress. It's not an ideal situation. And I just said, Hey, you know, I talked about these problems two months ago. And it's not working for me. I got to take care of myself. I got to look for a job. I got to not be homeless. You guys can't help me. Uh, you tried. That's fine. Go ahead and run all my breaks again. Because he's got like 600. I did like 600 breaks in the last four months or three wow. months. So I'm like, just run them again. No one cares. It's radio. You know, 
call it the best of there's only three weeks left in the ratings book and then they'll find out and this is where i was smart instead of making it about how i felt wronged or didn't feel inspired or didn't feel like they paid enough attention to me to help me make their station better um i just said hey this is my thing i gotta go i gotta believe you know what you're doing and best of luck in that and as a result i had a great conversation with my buddy who was my boss it whatever not getting paid boss and uh and it all worked out and he said yeah can we use your breaks and just you know we'll keep replaying them until the book ends and then if the ratings go up and i'm like well then you can hire me if the ratings go up to where you have enough money then you can pay me if I don't have another job by then, then we can do it. And it was a great conversation. And if I'm bored, I'll still do some breaks for them, but I don't have a commitment. It's not five days a week. It was super stressful to always come up with stuff. And, uh, and I was really proud of myself because there was so many times that I just wanted to go off and be like, this is fucking bullshit. And this, you're doing things wrong. And I fucking know. Cause I was on the number two rock station in the nineties. <laughs> I know stuff. And it was just, I just, uh, I just shut my fucking mouth and I think it worked out positive. And, uh, it just shows that if you hold back that thrill, it may work out in the future. Well, good. I'm glad that you didn't do anything to wreck those relationships. Cause I know how hard it is. I've been in situations like that where I've ended up working and getting a lot more money from people that I quit jobs on and that hired me for contracts later, uh, even though I really just wanted to like burn the place down when I left. <laughs> See, good. Good example. Very, very good example. Speaking of burning things, look at the segue we just found. Yeah. A magical gem. You taught a fireplay class we were talking about on the show the last time. How did the fireplay class go? The fireplay class went absolutely fantastic. And thinking about the fact that I've been in the scene for over 15 years. I've actually never taught a hard skills class. I've only taught soft skills classes. Oh, wow. And so for Fireplay to be one of the yeah, for Fireplay to be one of the first classes for me to actually teach was exhilarating and also terrifying. Yeah, not exactly like your light spanking feather class. <laughs> Correct. But the people in the audience were absolutely fantastic. There were several people there who I knew were very, very well versed in fire play, which makes it even more anxiety provoking to get up in front of peers and tell them things they already know. Um, but it was really a lot of a communal experience, everybody sharing information and people who had never had access to the information about Fireplay before, they were able to not only watch me demonstrate Fireplay, but I helped them to make their first batons. I brought everything so that they had batons to go home and play with. Well, that is fantastic. They had batons. They could go and light themselves on fire and hopefully not inspire a trip to the ER. Correct. That was what the class was about. <laughs> oh, Does a pussy taste like eggplant? Random topic now. Solaris, I have been excited, and I have my 800 pages of notes. You sent me a post. You're like, hey, I wrote this when I was young. When I was, Not that you're old now, but when I was younger <laughs> and more naive, and the world was more of an oyster, and I had dreaming big potential, and you wrote a post that was sad because, <laughs> because it's that moment 
Well, just go. Why don't you go ahead and read the post? All right. So this was written by me in 2007. Um, I had been in the lifestyle for a couple of years at that point. You know, there are times in your life where you sit and wonder what the next few years are going to bring. You wonder whether or not you will have new friendships, new enemies, new loving relationships. I am at that point in my life where I'm wondering what is next to come by way of dating. I took many years off to study myself and get to love and know myself before I began dating. I've realized that through this process that I am no longer super interested in vanilla dating and a vanilla relationship with someone. I just don't see it fulfilling my soul at this time. For about the last year, I have been searching for someone to have as my play partner. Someone who, can unique, who I can uniquely trust. Someone who will trust me. For me, as for everyone, I imagine, trust and honesty are two of the things that I hold very dear while in this lifestyle. I've been lied to on many occasions through this path of lies and deceit by men. I have realized that I need to make my trust a one-time thing. Once it's broken, it shall be tough to get back. So this is the way it came to be. I have to say that I trust in the beginning quite easily. I believe that everyone should get my trust and that they must keep it sacred. I feel at this moment betrayed in every possible way. Through one betrayal, up comes a plethora of my past betrayals. And for lack of a better phrase, it sucks. The position I'm in right now is one in limbo with myself. I have no idea of what I want to do with this betrayal. I thought that I had worked through it, but I obviously have not. I feel used almost. I really don't understand why I cannot find somebody who will not betray my trust and who will respect me. I have the feeling of being in a fantasy world and that nothing will amount to that nothing will amount when it comes down to it. Am I going too fast? Am I too trusting in the beginning? Oh, 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 Solaris, young Solaris. I have so much to say to you. Oh, young Solaris. I keep feeling like this is a Cat Stevens song. (laughs) Oh, very young, what will you leave us this time? You poor fucking trusting motherfucker. You got burned. Oh, what an awful time. I think so many of us have gone through that when that little... I mean, because you wish for some people, maybe a few people can like get through life and like get lucky on that first couple relationships. And this type of stuff doesn't happen. But I think for most of us, this is a breaking point. Yes, it was. It was a time in my life where I had been in the lifestyle for a while and I was a female dominant and I was at that point. I had not come into my uh, extreme passion of now knowing that I am pansexual. And so I just kept being thrown into this box as a dominant. And I kept running into these guys that just wanted to use me as like a catalog dominatrix. But I didn't really see it until towards the end of it. Uh, Because I came into BDSM after my first relationship being an abusive one that was a wholly vanilla relationship that I got into in high school. Um, And so it was a pattern that was very familiar to me because of the relationship I had been in. Um, But I was just done at this point. 
This was in like August of 2007. I was done with people telling me things, but not following through, pretending like they were people who they weren't and not opening up. It was it was gross. They were just using me. <laughs> I mean, and this is, of course, you're talking about a lot of kink dynamics and, you know, dom sub dynamics and that, of course, incredibly toxic. But I mean, this really goes across all relationships that people are trying to develop with other people, especially romantic and intimate relationships. And so there's a number of things that you said in this post that I kind of wanted to address. And one of them was the part about once trust is broken, can you trust that person again? Yeah, that one still to this day is a very hard one for me there. I've, I've had friendships where I have tried to let that portion go, but it just ate at me and it gnawed at me. And I I just couldn't get through it. And maybe that's because I didn't want that relationship as much as I wanted to want that relationship. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case because I mean, obviously it depends on what type of trust is broken. I mean, obviously this does go into levels of extremeness and as far as how much it harmed you. Like if we're just talking about, you know, like maybe kept some things about their past from you or didn't disclose things, you know, those are types of things that could be based on a fear or whatever, and you can get through those. But if you're talking about like somebody who lies about other relationships they have or cheating or, or not being the person that they said they were, once that trust is broken, it's there. There's no going back because you know that this happened. You, it doesn't mean that you can't maybe heal the relationship. It doesn't mean that there can't be a moving forward in the relationship. But in my opinion, if that person doesn't take on the task of legitimate change, then they will never get my trust again. And by legitimate change, I mean identifying why they felt they needed to lie or misrepresent themselves to me. What caused that lie? I mean, it can go back into therapy. It can go self-help. But there's going to have to be a legitimate change in behavior before I can trust that person at any level again. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us can relate to that. I think all of us have been in relationships where that has happened, whether it was something small or large. Like you said, it's really hard to get through unless that person is really dedicated to make some sort of a change. Um, And most people aren't. And that was what I kept finding was that people were not willing to look within themselves and try and make themselves better people. They just wanted to continue to be who they were and never like advance themselves. And I had a really big problem with that because I wanted to have a relationship grow. And a lot of times when you're growing together, you grow emotionally together as individuals and also in your relationship. And if you're already lying to me when we're in the just first couple of months, then I just that's betrayal and I can't I can't trust you. Yeah. And and for me, I've done things where it's like, okay, 
I don't see that I'm going to be able to have the level of relationship that I thought I was going to have with this person. I think because my kind of standards are so much lower, my expectations and my distrust of basic humanity is so low anyway. Like, if you lie to me and I catch that lie, I'm not going to trust you and be vulnerable with my emotions with you. That's going to be over unless there's some massive change. And even then, my eyes are going to be completely open and I'm going to be watching for those patterns again. So it's going to change. But there may be things that you still offer in my life. Maybe you're not honest about certain things, but maybe you still treat me well. Maybe you validate me. Maybe the play is good. Maybe uh, there's, there's things about you that I can still nurture some sort of friendship with, but you're never going to get that vulnerability from me. And if I need to be in a relationship with somebody that I'm going to be vulnerable with, if you betray that trust, uh, that's pretty much over for me. Correct. And I think that that's where the levels, the, you know, the deepness that you have in relationships is where it comes into play. Now I can tell you as somebody, however many years later, because I'm bad at math, um, from 2007, actually it's 14 years because my husband and I have been together for 14 years because just about two months after I wrote this and was feeling this way and finally threw my hands up and went, I'm stopping dating and I'm stopping making myself vulnerable to all of these people because they are taking that vulnerability and throwing it in my face and not giving two shits about it. I ended up meeting my now husband in the lifestyle. So it, it, but because I now have that very deep connection with somebody, other play partnerships, other relationships that I have, like you were saying, yeah, sometimes I will interact with people that have hurt me deeply in some ways because they're fun to hang around or, you know, I really love playing with them because there's this one thing that we that we just connect with that that we do really well together or, you know, I just am a whore and you're attractive and I want to play with you. So I'm just going to forget that other thing. (laughs) So yeah, it it does, it does come down to that. I I think that that does in some instances come with experience and age. You pointed out something that was magical. You literally jumped two pages ahead in my notes, but I cannot ignore (laughs) what you said because it's so important. You said, after being burned all this stuff, I threw up my hands and I said, I'm not even looking for this shit. And lo and behold, that's when you found Calum. And and that, like I said, it jumps two pages ahead. I don't care. When we get to the topic of why do we need to trust so quickly? It's because we have a clock and an agenda. And it doesn't actually include the person you're seeing because you have this clock and agenda. One of the reasons you get burned and betrayed so much is because you have an agenda for a relationship. I need to be in a relationship by this time. Maybe I need to have kids or I need to be married or I need to be somewhere because I was told that this is what is a successful person at this time. And you're not actually inspired by anybody that you're seeing because you have this agenda. You're just punching a checklist. And it's super easy to be a good manipulator knows when someone has a checklist. And it is so easy 
to just validate your checklist, to say the things that you want to hear, that we were programmed that we're supposed to hear. It is so easy to manipulate someone and then kind of hang out until the the levy chemicals come in and now you're roped into a relationship with them. When you let go of that agenda and that clock, you have a much better chance to actually be inspired by an individual that is going to be more authentic because you're not desperate for that relationship. You don't have the agenda for that relationship. Does that make sense? A thousand percent, because what was happening at this time in my life was I was hanging out at a very popular club here in Los Angeles where there were primarily older male dominants. And I was a young female dominant, very young. There were a couple female dominants that were at this club, but not really. It, it Not at that time. They There weren't as many of them that were being seen. And so... I kept being told by these older people in the lifestyle, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what your DS is supposed to look like. This is what you should be looking for. And when I finally just said, no, I can't conform to your stupid norms that you are trying to set for me, that was when I just kind of let go of everything and said, fuck it. If it happens, it happens at this point. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm just going to hang out here with my friends because that's basically what I was doing at the time was going to the club every weekend and hanging out with my friends. Maybe I'd play, maybe I wouldn't. And I happened to be introduced to Calum around a fire from a mutual friend. And we didn't necessarily hit it off immediately at the beginning, but he continued to pursue me because he saw he saw something and he saw it before I did. And it wasn't until after our first date that I I got it. And I was like, well, this is the dude that I want to spend the rest of my life with. So uh, we're going to get married in a couple months here. I was uh, all my friends were like, wait, what? I'm so confused. <laughs> well, so I was, everybody was on. freaked out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. You totally. <laughs> OK, first off, glad it worked out. Glad it worked out on such a short time. But it's completely against everything that I was going to say before I jumped ahead. So I'm just going to go ahead and say the other issue is am I trusting too early? And the answer is absolutely in most cases, yes. Am I going too fast? Am I trusting too much in the beginning? And if you are somebody, and I'm glad it worked out with you and Kalem, but in reality, the majority of the cases, if you're somebody that's getting burned a lot early on, That's because you're usually not looking for the right warning signs or you're a fucked up emotional masochist and you need to work on yourself anyway. Because you flip that trust switch on so quickly. Because once you flip on the trust switch, now you trust them so you kind of don't keep your eyes open because you're trying to pursue this whatever lovey-dovey thing that you're trying to get to. So if you take that time and... Because when somebody is a chronic manipulator or liar, most of them are not in an A-list level. Most liars, most manipulative people are going to be able to, you're going to be able to see cracks 
in their story within about a month. If you have a lot of conversations with that individual, you're going to start seeing cracks in their story. So if you take that time to have those conversations without giving your trust so early so quickly, you're going to be able to build some more ammunition to see if this is somebody you can actually trust. And I agree with you there. That's the thing is the relationship that I ended up with with Calum is highly unusual. Um, but I got really lucky because... I had never felt the way that I did in terms of safety in a relationship in the very beginning that I did with him there. We could talk about anything and everything. He never held anything back. He never hid any of the shit that he went through and neither did I, because if we were going to have a relationship, I wanted it to evolve naturally. And I didn't necessarily trust him super strong in the beginning. I was going a lot on my gut feeling at that point because my brain was still telling me, no, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z because of ABC. But I just had a gut feeling. There was this connection that we had that I had never had with another human being. And for us it worked out but with other relationships that i have tried to have since then i keep everything very close to my chest and i do not get super excited or really involved at the very beginning because i can't (laughs) that like you were saying that trust you i you gotta wait you just gotta wait you both of you have to build that together and the thing about There's another problem that a lot of people have that give away their trust very quickly, and that is maybe you haven't yet learned how valuable your trust is. Sometimes we have our insecurities and we tell ourselves, oh, we got to lower. And we talked about this last week on the show where we got to lower our standards a little bit. And, and, you know, you have to value that trust because that's all you have in a relationship. Is if you're going to build intimacy with someone and have that vulnerability and go to those next levels in a relationship, if you don't have that trust, you have nothing. So your trust, if you're somebody that is actively working on your being a trustworthy person, that's valuable. That's rare. It's special. And it deserves vetting the person that you're going to give that trust to. 100% agree with that. We undervalue ourselves as human beings a lot. And I don't know why we do that. I think it's because we all have that inner self-critic. Some of us, it's louder than others. And some of us can get it to shut up and some of us can't. But it literally doesn't matter what is going on in your life at the moment. You are a valuable human being. And as you said earlier, your trust is sacred And you should treat it as such when you are giving it to other people because through trust comes vulnerability. So you need to be really careful who you give that trust to and the different levels of trust that you give to different people. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. If you don't have a lot of experience being betrayed and you're a trusting person, where do you get the knowledge? Well, this is an investment in yourself. Because a lot of people have foibles, 
and false. And maybe it's innocent and they're a harmful person and manipulative. Maybe they're lying because they're scared. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. You have a responsibility to arm yourself with as much knowledge as you can. Read books on gaslighting. Read blogs on liars, manipulators, cheaters, psychopaths, sociopaths. These are the types of people you are going to run into while you are seeking your relationships. Why would you not arm yourself to find out what those warning flags are? People have had millions of shitty experiences that you can learn from. Why not invest? Because we don't, I don't hear people talk about that. Yeah, go look up gaslighters before you start dating. Go look up this information. Arm yourself with what these flags are. So while you're taking your time to get to know somebody, you have your eyes open and you have some things that you're actually looking for. And if you're armed with that, you have a better chance of finding someone who's authentically interested in building something with you. I completely agree. Do your research and protect yourself. That's the best that you can do so that you don't have to deal with what old Solaris had to deal with. <laughs> Fantastic. I am hunger. I make smash. I make smash. I will eat your ghosts. You are hunger. I is hunger. My hat is not on fire. <laughs> like, like. Five people are going to get that reference. I'm not one of those five people. That is definitely not a reference that I get. Is it one of your weird movie references? It's a British television comedy television show. It's not like, uh, what is it, Black Adder? Or, no, that's Black... T- no, it's, uh, it's not Black Adder. It's Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh. Another one. What was it? Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf was fantastic. Red Dwarf was amazing. Yeah, I, I they rem- had like another season of it recently. Yeah, that's what I heard. They had another season of Red Dwarf, and I didn't see any of it, but I'm sure it was. Was the cat back? Yes, the cat is still there. That is amazing. For our listeners, Red Dwarf is a classic. Go look it up. The theme on song the- of that puts me in a good mood, too. Yes, absolutely. God damn it, Unger. It is good to hear from you. <laughs> but we are here for magic today, Unger. Are you ready to titillate and entice and wonder the Perverted Podcast listeners? Um, well, t- wonder, I think they always wonder about me uh, whenever I'm on, um, going back to the beginning. So, yeah, wonder, definitely. Um, titillate, maybe, excite, probably not. I'm not that exciting. Yeah, well, it's the topic. That's the good news. <laughs> <laughs> is that's what's great have, have you noticed that I, this you just gave me like a whole revelation that's the wonder about kink completely uninteresting losers like you and i mm-hmm. can actually become interesting by association because we do things in this lifestyle all of these different kinks and things and types of play that we learn Give us something that's interesting in our lives that we can get good at and talk about that actually have a benefit to our partners. And not just partners, but but the community as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely, because we get to talk about it. So I, I think the the big takeaway from, from this first three minutes of the recording, go to classes. Go to classes, folks. Go to classes learn, and learn your stuff. Learn, learn stuff. It makes and you become, interesting. It makes you interesting. 
Whereas normally we're all a bunch of loser idiots. Yep. Isn't it nice how people can come to perverted podcasts and just get encouraged in the most <laughs> lovely and positive of ways? Yeah. Well, good. Do you have any kink? To, first off, any uh, cool kinky stuff you've been doing that we can Ooh. talk about? Uh, not much new. Any uh, finger in the pooter hole stuff? No, we we did a. Uh... We did uh, uh, shrink wrap bondage the other night. Okay, good. Um, good. You guys have been doing a lot of that. That's very good. It's it's easy, and it's easier to get out of when things go weird. And yeah, it's just easy. Plus, she likes she likes the all over feel of the con- compression on it. Right, right. Um, so it gives more than that. Um, but uh, on my end, it's fast and easy and, and still fun and still something because I haven't been doing it as much as I've done rope over the years. I'm still learning better techniques. Practice. Classes and practice, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, shrink wrap suspension is a fave of oh, yeah. uh, mine to do. If you have the place that you can hang someone up, you can actually quite easily I mean, there's still some logistics and stuff you have to learn, and some, a little bit of safety. But it is, for suspension bondage, it is uh, it is amazing. It is an amazing yeah. thing to do. Now, we've talked about cigar play before, but uh, and we talked about, in the future, maybe walking through some play scenes so people could really understand the logistics of how a cigar play scene works. So if you will humor the Perverted Podcast listeners and myself, could you please give a little recap about what cigar play is? Yes. Uh, It's kind of self-explanatory, though, Boogie. Um, Cigar play is any form of BDSM, so including bondage discipline, dom-submissive, and sadomasochism, all of the things that fall into BDSM that involve cigars. Now, it could be... The cigar is an aspect of the play, or that could be the scene. And I was thinking about this earlier when, Boogie, you asked me to, to describe a scene. And I'm like thinking, that's like going to someone and saying, describe a rope scene. Because it's so varied. But if you have seven people in a room, you're going to get five different scenes. Sure, I understand that. But here's what you don't understand when I keep saying this. I don't do cigar play. I know. I I fucking hate cigars. I smoked one cigar with you. I almost puked. It was the last cigar I have ever smoked. That was like six years ago. I've smoked him. I've smoked him with my dad and whatever. And there was a while where you're like, yeah, cigar. And I'm like, this tastes like shit to me. I hate cigars. So no, if you don't, if you're not a cigar smoker, you, I have no visualization of what cigar play would be or why other than I know about human ashtray. And maybe that it's a type of service mm-hmm. where maybe or, or maybe you take the those tubes that the cigars are in and like fuck your partner with them. That's also something. Um, but I don't understand like what is it about like you sit in a chair and smoke a cigar and the submissive stands there and juggles hacky sacks. Like that what could be they- your scene. That okay. very well could be. So so. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of coming at this at, at the, and we talked about this, of course, but um, just a basic cigar scene, a cigar service scene, but done in different locations. Because one of the cool things about cigars is it's one of the few kinks that you can easily get away with in public. Right. So if scening in public is your thing, 
Cigars is a good way to do it because you can do it really on the sly, and it's kind of fun. Um, so still, I still don't know why. What is it? It's a lot like sitting down and having a nice meal. It's relaxation. It's enjoying the taste. It's enjoying your surroundings. It's a moment to sit down and relax and focus on yourself and do something you enjoy for yourself. Okay. So now, what is the bottom doing? The bottom, depending on the scene, there's all kinds of things. But basically, what the bottom gets out of it, primarily, if there's, and, and it depends on the bottom and what they're into, but you can either get the service, um, and there's all different levels of, of cigar service. We'll talk, we'll touch on a bunch of different ones, but there's service, or if they're into, uh, say, the masochism play, you can use the cigar on them. Right. Um, and sometimes even as a DS thing, it's, there are other things you can do where they're maybe not doing things they want to do, but they'll do it to show submission. Okay. So are they preparing the cigars for you? Are they lighting the cigars for you? Are they, is there a kneeling thing is, you know, what kinds of things does a submissive do during a service? In a general cigar service scene, uh, they are preparing and probably lighting the cigar for you. Okay. Um, I I know someone who does cigar service that cannot be as highly allergic to cigarettes and cigar smoke, so they do the first part of cigar service. Right. And then walk um, the fuck so, away. Yeah. So there's three aspects to getting a cigar going. Uh, wetting it, cutting it, lighting it. Um, it's basically that simple. Okay. And so... Depending on where you are, what you're doing, um, wedding it can be done a number of ways. Cutting it can be done a number of ways. Lighting it can be done a number of ways. Okay, so but when you those, say wedding it, what does wedding it mean? You're dampening the cap, the part that you smoke. That's the part you suck. Yeah. Okay. So in wedding it, that's when like the someone just rolls it in their mouth and that's like, yeah, yeah, it is, shitty boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Mouth is one place you can wet it, definitely. Okay, so, ah, ha, 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 now we see. Now we start going Now down the road. we're talking Boogie's language. Now we're into some vaginas here. That's what I like. Obviously, again, probably shouldn't be in a regular cigar lounge. Yeah. If you're at a cigar lounge or out at a bar and having a cigar where if they allow it um, or at your grandmother's 4th of July party, that's not a place you can do this. Again, you can do some amounts of the service there, but that's not where you do that. If you're at home or at a play party, depending on the play party rules, you can do it. If you're at home, it's your, you're at home. You can do it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, doing a, a gentle insertion um, because you don't want to go too hard because then you can, you can damage the cigar. <laughs> but just... <laughs> Fuck that pussy. <laughs> that's a $10 that's stogie you got there. Ain't going to be damaging some fucking $10 stogie. That vagina will heal. Well, it, it won't do, it won't damage. But yeah, it, it'll damage the cigar. The yeah. vagina is usually stronger than a cigar. Yeah, than a cigar. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's a way to, I mean, we're old enough to remember the Monica Lewinsky trials. So, yeah, I remember there was something with a cigar. Yes. Did she wet it with her pussy? Is that what that uh, was if about? If I remember correctly, that may have been part of it. Oh, see, I don't know about that stuff. So I knew cigar. I'm like, I hey, fucked her with that little tube that they come in because it's like Could've a little, too. little yeah, dildo. So, yeah, and that's that's something a lot of people do. Uh, I've had people who don't like cigars ask me to save those for them. 
Oh, um, yeah. And then you can also do sensation play with that by, you know, putting some water in it, freezing it, or putting some hot water in it. Or oh, okay. Like so there's all kinds of things you can do with the tube. Most of the cigars I smoke don't come in them. So, so the, the metal tubes, we're going to say, not the glass tubes. Well, the glass you can use to an extent. Yeah, but you want to be well, really careful to not shove. It's not thick, yeah. thick, thick glass. You don't want to be shoving an un, you know, a cigar, yeah. a $5 cigar glass tube that people use to smoke crack out of up a hoocher. Yeah, and sometimes they come in plastic tubes. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the plastic and the aluminum ones, those are a little bit safer. Yeah. Um, ultimately, put a condom on everything if you don't feel comfortable with it. Yes. And, and again, don't do that in – don't try doing that in a public setting. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's something you do at home or at a play party where sex is allowed okay, so insertion now, is allowed. Okay, so now you've wet the cigar, so it's like I guess whatever the level of moisture that it's good. Now it's cutting. Yeah, so you want it damp. So you know how, how if you like – trying to think of a good definition. Um, if you have like a dry – brush how when you break it it shatters and goes everywhere okay okay same thing will happen when you try to cut a dry cigar okay so you moisten it so it cuts near okay okay so there, there's there's actually a reason for it and so uh, not just i mean you get a pre-taste of it and things like that and that's nice but right you're wetting it to cut it okay. um so now cutting is where we start to get into do you need to have a cutter what type of cutter long story short Cutters would be something for a, a full, long class where you go into the differences of it. And really, you don't need one. If you have a sharp knife, you can cut a cigar. Okay. So if you're looking to get into cigar play and don't want to spend a lot of money, if you carry a sharp knife, like I always do. Sometimes even if I have my cutter, because I almost always carry my cutter with me, I'll still use the knife because I get a different mouthfeel and different amount of smoke in. Okay. So um, if you're using a knife to cut it, you just want to carefully cut like a star shape across the... Uh, the cap. Don't cut deep, too deep into the cap. And oh. then test it. Put it up to your mouth before you light it. Give it a puff. If you can't pull through enough, cut it a little deeper. Okay. All right. I'm if you have that. a cutter or if that's you want to spend the extra five That's bucks, like the dick little... snipper thing. Yeah. The cutter's the dick I... snipper thing that you want to just, that's like the penile torture device. Yes. That's a circle, but it's a razor blade and you pinch it, yep. and then it and then it cuts off the tip of the dick. Yeah. That's a guillotine cutter, and you can cut use that to cut. That gets a nice clean cut. Uh, and then if you want to have some fun, again, this is not a public thing, but this is a in private or at a club. Put the cutter on your on your sub's thumb and let have them hold it there. Oh, okay. Now you've got fear play involved. Oh, okay. Or you could just put the tip of the cigar between her teeth and then smack her on the bottom of the chin. You're going to get a rougher cut if you try biting it. I mean, biting it works Prob- too, but you get a rougher cut. That and you might chip some teeth. That might be bad, yeah. right? Well, that too. That okay, too. don't do that, kids. We no. ran through the idea for you here at Perverted Podcast. Bad idea. Yeah, cut it. Use something sharp. Use something sharper than teeth. A knife, okay. a cutter, something designed to cut things like paper and and leaves and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so cutting is the next step. And, and again, depending on how much you want to invest, you may want to spend a couple bucks on a cutter. Um, and they'll last you. They'll last a long time. I've been carrying the same one for five years. I got a two-pack. It was 11 bucks, And I, it was it's special because I like larger cigar uh, diameters. So I got a special one. And it 
not much of a not much of an investment, but I smoke a lot. If you're just getting started, a knife or just a cheap cutter works fine. Okay, very very good. So now the lighting part, that's like a whole like you have all these torches and stuff like that to get it even. You can do a lighter, but it's kind of like uh, they do the spinning thing. So yeah, um, some simple things to remember: don't use liquid. Um, use gaseous. If you're using a lighter, don't use a liquid uh, form of lighter. Use gas. Like a Zippo So don't or use like a Zippo. Yeah, don't use a Zippo. Don't use a Zippo. Because that, um, the oil will get onto the cigar and change the taste. Oh, uh, butane lighters are fine. Torches work nicely, but you don't have to use a torch. You can just use a regular uh, lighter. It's just going to take you a little longer. Matches are even better. Uh, don't use the cardboard matches because those are treated with chemicals. Use wood matches. Okay. And most cigar shops have them there, and they'll just right. give them to you. If you go to a cigar shop to buy cigars, and we can talk about where to get cigars later. Uh, but, yeah, most cigar shops will just give those to you. Okay. So now when the submissive is preparing, she's, you know, she or he, here, sorry, duh, yeah. um, they, um, they'll they'll wet the cigar. Yep. They'll and of course there can be other protocols involved in any number of scenarios. They could yep. be kneeling from this. They could be in some sort of uh, light bondage position. where just their hands are a stress position, something like that. They you could have them reciting things, different protocols. They could have a remote control butt plug in or something. Yep. You know any number of and, creative things. Yeah, and, and some of the other things that when you if you really do get into cigars more, if they also get into cigar service, having them select the cigar based on what you're in the mood for and them knowing the taste profiles of the different cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was going to be one of my questions was how yeah. knowledgeable of cigars would your submissive need to be? And obviously that would be, that would, that's, that's like, that's a good service. That's high. Yeah, that's high-end cigar service. That's someone who is super into cigar service. I've known maybe three or four people at that level, and one of them actually worked at one of the larger cigar companies in the country. Um, right. So so you're not going to find a lot of people at that level unless they're really into it for, with you, right. and especially if they're cigar smokers themselves. Sure. So um, that means they know – what your tastes are, what your favorite things are based on your mood. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's really something like you would be developing a relationship with your submissive mm -hmm. to get to that level to where they would be able to say, sir, what do you need tonight? You or flip side, if cigar service is their thing, they may have that knowledge. And you just say, and if you're brand new as a top or you're brand new, doing cigars but you are lucky enough to have someone doing service for you that's very knowledgeable in it it's a great way to learn cigars because they'll know everything um, right you could say i'm new to cigars i tend to like this type of flavor i like you know chocolates and leather versus spicy i was like okay then they'll know what to grab for you nice so if you say like i'm into fruity pebbles yeah. like i want fruity pebbles find a vape for you but <laughs> There is no fruity pebble cigar. Well, that's probably why I fucking hate cigars. I don't want. Yeah. So I don't want to smoke leather. Or, or they're it's like, oh, here's a couch. You, or they're gonna get, go get you Swisher sweets. Um, 
I like how you say that with disdain. White owls. I mean, I mean, they're they're. There's a time and a place for those. If I'm going with that, I'm going to go with black and miles personally. Oh, that's uh, funny. And just tear tear off the little filter thing. Right. Um, but that's me. That's my preference. Um, but if you if you're not that experienced, say I don't like super strong cigars. Um, I want something a little mellower. Then they'll know what to get you. Sure, versus sure. something that I would go for. I usually go for stronger cigars. Uh, so so you don't. You can do this as a as a you know in a relationship, or you could find a just a play partner that's also into this, and you don't need to be on the same level, top or bottom. It can go both ways, and that's kind of the cool thing about it is everyone's at a different level, and you can you know you can be a brand new cigar smoker, but find someone who does service well and really teach you a lot. Sure, or vice versa, or have two people who are both knowledgeable so kind of a side note on this but one of my favorite classes and actually favorite scenes ever um and she's been on the show a number of times was with my michelle we did a cigar play class together right and in this we alternated back and forth topping and bottoming to light cigars for each other oh very nice i didn't know my michelle was a big cigar-y person mm-hmm. yeah. nice yeah, so I mean, I'll you know, um, you know, actually, Aki now smokes cigars thanks to me. So the last time we were in town, we, we you know we'll, we can go out and we can all go cigar smoking. We didn't get a chance to. We we're going to try to, but we didn't. Uh, but we can all go cigar smoking, and that's a pastime we could do. Now, then, when you're in public, yep. Now, here's the thing. Let's get let's get on to some plays and yeah, and get to some of that. So if you're in public, you I mean technically I mean obviously wearing leather and restraints and things like that are going to be kind of a no-go. Yes. But it's like if your if your partner is preparing a cigar for you at a cigar lounge. Then mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's real I mean other than them drooling and being like that's totally hot. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone's going to get offended if your partner, you know. Hmm. It'll depend on the lounge, but the ones that I've tend to go to, um, and I've been to a lot. And like in LA, I can recommend some to definitely go to and some to avoid, uh, especially if you are female presenting in any way, because some of them are like boys' clubs, and I oh, avoid those. Yeah, finance. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of people will just assume, hey, you 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 like to get a, a puff off of it. Great. You're, and then you're hanging out with your partner. Great. They won't really think anything of it. Um, so, yeah, you can easily get away with that. And then have them sit, like, if they have, a lot of them have, like, big, like, what, big chairs and big fluffy leather chairs to sit in. So you've got that leather scent already there. Right. Uh, and sometimes they'll have an ottoman. Maybe you have your sub sit on sit on the ottoman while you smoke. Right. Maybe you have a remote control thing inside them. But you, again, if you're in a public place, don't show off that you're doing anything like that. Keep yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's not subtle. Cool. Keep it hidden. Um, and if you do that and you're at a good cigar lounge where you have really friendly uh, owners and operators and clientele, um, I mean, we actually 
through the course of a long afternoon with a, with a group of friends um, actually opened them up to talking about it at some point because they were like, okay, something is going on here, but it's cool. Let's chat. And it was just conversation led into things. Um, and they were all cool with it. And they was like, wow, I never knew this was a thing. I, I might, you know, you have people who are, who are in there going, I might be kinky. Right. right. <laughs> just because they're into cigars. Oh, um, cigar segue into the kink world. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So now then uh, let's get to some things. Because obviously if neither of you know about cigars, your best bet mm-hmm. is going to be to go to a good cigar shop. And they're going to obviously have all the knowledge to kind of help you get started yes. on picking cigars. Now, then, Either if you just now, then how much in U.S. is like a decent cigar to start with? Depending on the shop and, and your location, your area and things like that, you can go in and get a decent cigar for five or six dollars. OK, that's not bad. So I don't know what that is in pounds. Sorry. Sorry, UK yeah. people do, do that translation. I think that's, uh, you know, like whatever, two pounds, something like that. But not much, in other words. It's not like a high, high. I mean, obviously, you know, cigars go up into hundreds Google, and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So know, Google says $5.50 is $4.14. pounds fourteen. Okay. All right. Quick so Google search. Four pounds. Not 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 bad. Not going to break the bank. No. And and how a cigar like that kind of cigar is going to last? What like a couple hours or? It depends on the cigar you get, but you're probably not. You're probably going to get a smaller Vitola. Uh, a Vitola is the is the cigar shape, by the way. Okay. Um, you're probably going to get a smaller Vitola that's going to be maybe a half hour smoke. Okay. But it also depends on you and how fast you smoke. I tend to personally go through cigars rather fast. Right. Um, if you're not smoking a fat, which you shouldn't go through. I, I tend to go through like the faster end of acceptable um, unless I'm being challenged and then I go through really fast. Right. Um, but it's not a race. It's to be enjoyed. So... I was enjoying competition when I was going through it really fast. But otherwise, it might go out because you're sitting there talking. You might be at a bar or a club or something and having a drink and chatting with people. And your cigar might go out for a moment. That's perfectly fine. You just relight it. Um, and if you're not smoking it regularly and that's happening, it could take you two hours. Right, right. So it, it all varies on how fast you smoke, how often you smoke. Um, but you don't need to sit there and worry about, oh, I need to take a puff after every five seconds or else it's going to go out. Don't worry about it. If it goes out, just relight. All right. Very, very good. So now then, obviously, most of our listeners are not in Los Angeles. So is there a good online cigar place that has both some information and uh, sells cigars online? There's a number. And when, when you now when you buy cigars online, if you just go in to buy a single cigar, it's going to cost you more because they're going to charge you shipping. It's going to cost oh, right, quite right, a bit right, more. Right, right, right. Then you're local. But let's say you're having a party with a few friends who all want to try cigars. Then it could be per cigar a lot cheaper. Um, Because sometimes all specials where you get like 10 cigars for $20. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that works out really well if you're having a group of of people over. Uh, But if you're just doing one cigar, I generally wouldn't suggest going to the online retailers. Uh, But the big online retailers in the U.S., 
uh, are Cigars International and Thompson Cigar and I believe Mike Cigar are like the, the three big ones. Of those, I know they got a, a bit of a bad rap, but I do tend to go to uh, Cigars International. Part of that's also because here now in, in Texas, they have two actual store locations and and. I like supporting their local locations because they actually do a really good job. Okay. Um, I judge cigar lounges by how they treat everybody. And this is just me. You might like something else. But if I walk in and if I walk in with Aki, for example, because this happened once where we went into one cigar lounge and they like were asking me what type of cigar to get her. Right. I'm not going to be going there regularly. Um. And it's it it sucks that this is kind of a, a judging point for me. But if you have like groups of women going into a cigar lounge and being comfortable by themselves, that's a lounge I'll tend to go to. Right, right. Because a lot of them will not want that. I don't know why, but they will. It's still that boys' club kind of thing, like cigars yeah. are for boys and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Well, no. yeah, because it's I mean it's a thing. It's archaic. And it's nothing, you know, just like women want to hang out in a group of the girls. Yeah, okay, I understand. But, you know, you should be able to have as many different groups as you want. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that's, once and again, that's your fucking thing. Do your thing. I like yeah. Fruity Pebbles. And that's why I'm out. Yeah. I'm out of the whole thing. And with, with out, you can't do this in, Cal- in California right now. But out here, they also have a full bar. And so you can go there and have a drink. So it becomes more of a social place to go. Um, and there they actually do pairing. So you can get like a drink and a cigar at a cheaper price. So it, it's kind of nice for if you're going out, there's no, outdoor seating, indoor seating. So it's a nice place type place to go. If you want to take a date and do a little bit of the DS on the sly, you can do it in a place like that. Fantastic. God damn it. Unger. You've kicked with the wisdom. I now know about wedding. Yeah. And cutting. Yeah. Some insight into some political scandals of long ago yeah. that I was curious about. But you know what, Unger? <laughs> what? Still not going to smoke another goddamn cigar. And that's fine. Well, goddamn it, Unger. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us some tips and stuff like that. Hopefully some people that are interested in cigar play have a little more information that they can go out and have a great time doing it. And just just a side note on, on this particular topic. Um, if you want more information, feel free to message me. Um, Where would they message you? Well, like on FetLife. You can FetMail me. or. And what's your name on FetLife? Oh, it's Raggedy underscore Ogre. You are a teachable teaching guy. Extra tight, inappropriate uncle hugs. Oh, you've grown up so much. Thank you for listening to show 340. If you have any questions, comments, love, or hate, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And if you think this show brings value to your life and is beneficial to other humans on earth, please consider donating five bucks, if you give a fuck, to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast. Oh, my God, what a wonderful show this has been with you, Solaris. Thank you to our glorious show sponsor, Headley, the wind beneath our wings, the joy of our joyness, the tea 
of our cup. What? Fuck me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whatever, Headley, you know we love you. Sometimes you just try to say something cool and poetic and you just come out kind of tardy. Whatever. That's show 340. It's been a great time. Thank you to everyone that makes this possible. We just keep chugging along. Next week, we're going to bring you 341. I met an angel. She took my last quarter. She said it was for her parking meter. And I, I melted right there. She was a Libra, but swore she was honest. She looked at my palm and she called me a prophet. And I, I melted right there. Oh, taste my wine. I'm entranced by the sound of your orchestral voice. Yes, it's true We walked on the ocean And tasted the salt breeze She made a crown for me Made out of seaweed And I, I, I Melted right there I told her my thoughts of is luck and she asked me if now was a good time to fucking you know why I melted right there all these winds are nice I am spared from the cold with our souls intertwined no stress on the mind I'm subdued Sleeping, I heard my love weeping. I opened my eyes, and a way she was creeping, and I, I melted right there. The note that she left me was vague and deceiving. She said that she loved me, but had to be leaving, and I, I melted right there.